This episode is brought to you by our friends at FB Autosport. There's nothing worse than spending your race weekend under your car missing sessions because you were too swamped to get everything done in time. Whether it's car prep, new car builds, or arrive and drive, FB Autosport has you covered for Time Attack, GLTC, or WRL. They even have cars you can rent now while you put the finishing touches on your latest race car project. Reach out to Rob at FB Autosport now and tell him that Slip Angle sent you to get your project car finished and get back on track. everybody to the slip angle podcast uh i'm abe and i'm at circuit of the americas this is show number one of i think many uh, i recorded a whole bunch of shows at barber and we're out of those now so now it's time for shows from coda i've got mr alex moss hello and fd prospect champion robert thorne <laughs> thanks for having me i um i uh, kind of Gave away the the big surprise the last time that Robert was on the show. He was on his way to uh, compete for a championship at FD Prospect. It was it is Utah. Utah. Yeah. Yep. Um, what was I, I think a lot of the team went with you from Pikes Peak straight to Utah or like sort of close. I think we had a week in between, um, but yeah, it was a definitely a, a big a big drive out there. Um, yeah, we did have one week in between, didn't we? Um, what was what was the event like? I'm sure it was challenging, but what were some of the highlights from the weekend? The weekend... Winning. It, winning was the highlight for sure. But honestly, like when we first got there, obviously it was the first year for FD to be there. And um, the the atmosphere being at the, the higher altitude with the mountains in the background, and it was one of the only sessions of the year where it was an early morning session. So we ended up rolling the cars out on track and placing them on grid at like, it was like 5.30 in the morning, way oh, before wow. sunrise. And like, we waited until sunrise and had all the cars lined up there. It was like, like a cool, crisp morning. And it was like, kind of had just that epic atmosphere to it. Um, so it was really the, the venue. I can't remember. Is your car a supercharged car? Or yes. Was it? Okay. So I'm sure the altitude like affected things a little bit, but do you just compensate by... Um, yeah, changing things a little bit. There wasn't a lot I could compensate on the car. Uh, that's part of why we brought it to Alpine Horizon. Oh, sure. Uh, was similar altitude, so we could run it and make sure everything was as good as it could be. Um, and the, it only affected it a little bit. You know, a little less power. Um, threw a little extra timing in it and crossed our fingers. Sure. Um, now I had heard, though I hadn't had a chance to talk with you, that you know it was awesome that you won. But I heard the the celebration was actually kind of really low key. You guys were just like, cool. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's like the standard for some reason team atmosphere because we all we all expect each other to win anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, I mean, there was like a few minutes for sure on the podium. Like when it first all happened, uh, we were all we were all really really pumped about it and uh then it just quickly mellows down to the the standard which is what's next yeah right 
we went we went back to the Airbnb, ordered pizzas, and watched YouTube videos from like Andy and Robert's yeah. early days of YouTube, <laughs> yeah. watching like the earliest stuff. And I think the, I bought a bottle of champagne that just. I still, went home I still with have it. I, st- I still have it. It's still in the box. Perfect. <laughs> I'll bring it next time. <laughs> so, um, with Prospect, your first season completed. I recently learned that you're going to do like. FD is it just called Pro? I think so. Yeah. Um, yep. What what is the what is the change like? What do you have to do as a driver to be able to make the jump? What does the so, car have to do to be able to make the jump? For for the car side, uh, it just needs more power. You know, we're going to put bigger tires on, much bigger tires. Uh, you know, you expect thirty percent more grip, so we need thirty percent more power. From okay. yeah. Um, in fact, I'm here with the car. I brought it here to do a quick test on the big tires. This will be the first time I've ever driven on them. How like big is big? 295.40. Okay. So it's, it's you know, an, an inch and a half wider, uh, when at least measured, and it's uh, almost three inches taller. So it's like a big, sticky, soft drag slick. Big, squishy sidewall. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the car looks really weird. It's all raked out now. Oh, really? Yeah. And then... Uh, so, so the obviously that that's the biggest change I think is the bigger tires and then more power, but the whole car has to be faster and I have to be way more consistent than I was last year. Sure. So, I've been trying to put in some time on the sim. Uh, got a sim built. Um, I have like a coach that coaches me at night on the sim and like what to do, how to place the car better, and just how to like develop the consistency. Okay. So trying to be better. Can we talk a little bit about your suit for the sim? Or your uniform my, that you wear on the sim? <laughs> yes, my uh, American flag onesie is kind of my I, I'm go-to. I'm familiar with that onesie. You wore yes. it during one lap in 2016. Yep, it has been around. Um, it's been around. I also have the uh, kitty cat onesie. That's been uh, featured at least once now. Um, lots of cats and candy canes, I think, on that one. That's a classic. So, um, as an aside... I was in Oklahoma this week. I don't know where you are in Oklahoma. Sure. Uh, the shop is in Oklahoma City. Okay. And then I'm about 20 minutes north in Edmond. Okay. I was in uh, I was in Bartlesville this week, which is like 50 miles north of Tulsa. Yes. That's yeah. like the research center for Phillips Could 66. not have been further away. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was telling Alex uh, before we started the show that I almost flew into Oklahoma City by mistake even though I knew oh, I was supposed to go to Tulsa, like I just, I was like, Oh, Oklahoma. I'll just, yeah. Oklahoma city. Mm-hmm. Oops. And so I had to rebook all of my travel, um, Monday this week for a trip that I left at like 6am on Wednesday. I almost didn't catch my problem. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it wouldn't have been the hugest mistake. We just would have, I would have sh- shuttled you up there, you know? Yeah, it would have been fine. Um, let you some embarrassing car that I have, whatever the, brightest greenest one is Alex knows what I'm talking about (laughs) yep love it it was inspiration for me so um with the prospect championship are you automatically eligible to go to pro yes okay does that mean you get a spot or you're just eligible Uh, you still have you're eligible you still have to put in the request so you you kind of submit you know your intent and then they uh they fill up the spots okay but they were totally on board when I I hit them up and excited to have me so how many events will uh, 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 fill me in? Because I like sure. I watch a little. Yeah, yeah, sure. But how does how does the season run? Do yeah, you I think have to all of all us. It was one of our first years uh, following 
the sport that closely. You might have had a direct effect on yeah. that. Yeah, and then the, so this next year, uh, we have eight events to watch this year. So four for ProSpec, eight for Pro. Okay. And we start in Long Beach in three weeks. So wait, when you said that, does that mean that you will do some of each, or just there are four four pro events and four prospect events? No, there. Sorry, there's um there's eight pro events. Okay. And at four of those events, you also have prospect there. I see. Okay. Yep. And it is, uh, it's an all or nothing championship. So you have to go to every. These are yeah. It is yeah, eight yeah. rounds. Yep. Yeah. No um, drops. That's awesome. I love no drops. <laughs> yeah. Big fan of no drops. Um, how. What what is like the the maintenance schedule? How do you go through? How do you go through making sure that you have the best chance at every event? Yeah, and you know it's going to be a learning experience. Um, with the four pro spec rounds last year, um, the you know not a lot of miles, not a lot of time on the car, and further to that, the the smaller two fifty five tire just wasn't as much load. Sure, yeah. So I've I've been told to basically expect to break twice as much stuff. And okay. service the car twice as often, and then there's double the events. Yeah. So they're like, it. Everyone told me like, whatever your your budget, your planning, everything was times it by four. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So like, axles and hubs and mm-hmm. all kinds of things that could conceivably like. Okay. Yep. That, I'll tr- probably try to refresh everything after the fourth round. Okay. And does the car live at your shop in Oklahoma? Yep. I know that you've got an ASM wrap on it. Does Andy do some of the service, or is everything done yeah, in Oklahoma? Yeah. Um, Andy's definitely helped out on the car for sure a lot. Um, the car is uh, definitely stays in Oklahoma with me, and we have our shop there that that we take care of it. It's you and Chris. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Me and Chris. Yep. And he is almost done building a, a new GLTC Corvette. Also. Oh, cool. So that's kind of been in the wings, slowly getting work done. That would be for him or for you? For him. Okay. Because you still have the E36, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. You mean the fastest car in GLTC, hands down? Yeah. It's a cool car. <laughs> um, well, I guess I uh, maybe we can close the, the drift discussion by just sure. saying, like, good luck. Uh, I will more than likely be watching because it's, it's nice to know someone. If you're trying to get into something, it's nice to know someone who's doing it. Um, it's going to be a fun year. The other topic I wanted to talk about was WRL. Uh, Alex, what was it, last weekend? Yeah, yeah, last weekend. Last weekend had a superb weekend at Barber. Yep. Tell me about, uh, we we did a show with the Winning Formula a few weeks ago to talk a little bit about how they prepared for WRL and how how much work it is to prepare a car to put forth a winning effort. Tell me about the preparation. Uh, Preparation for this one, um, we... The, the car's a new build. We brought it here, actually, to Kona in December, um, where Robert drove with us. Um, had suffered a few failures, like hub failures and um, lost Mi- transmission. Minor lost engine. complete engine failure. Yeah, minor minor engine failure. It's fine. Um, that required a little bit of maintenance in the pits with, with Robert and Andy replacing the engine and <laughs> swapping the head and all kinds of stuff uh, overnight. Um, and then... Uh, took it to Barber for a test day in January. We always go to Barber every January and, and ran a test day. It ran very well there. Um, and then took it to Barber for the race, and, and it finished uh, the nine-hour race on Saturday and the seven-hour race on Sunday um, in first place both times, which was pretty exciting. 
Um, in terms of preparation for the event, there's a lot of work that went into building the car, the fuel system, which is radically different from anything that that I've seen on any of the, the GLTC cars we've fielded before. Um, and then in terms of like the, the prep for... It's just about making trying to make the car last. So so they've rigged up a um, an AccuSump that we can use to refill the oil halfway through the race um, without having to open the engine or open the hood. Because um, if you if you have to service the car at any capacity in a WRL race, you're basically lost. Uh, if in a competitive race, I mean the first first race we did on Saturday was a nine hour race, two hundred and fifty ish laps of Barber, and we won by fifteen seconds. Yeah. So, yeah, if we'd have had to refill oil, could have lost us the race pretty easily. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that, that it seems like a little bit of overkill. I like overkill on, on our builds always, well, but it, to, it to works. To do a WRL race is, like, monumentally expensive in terms of preparation and traveling to the event and the time away from home and work and whatever. Like, it's a big effort, let's say. Yep. And to lose a race because of a small issue has got to be really just frustrating. Uh, yeah, I I'm fortunately haven't been in that position yet, but yeah, it it is. I mean, we did one at Barber a couple of years ago in one of Robert's and Chris's cars um, and suffered some reliability issues that was, you know, I don't know if I'd say it's frustrating, it's disappointing when it happens, but... I, if if you're not going in, you can't go in expecting to finish these races. It's it's a lot for a car to do that. So, I think you've got the wrong mentality if if you're going to be upset over a car not finishing a race um, because of longevity issues. So you've got to expect that. But but it's, it's, a all, nice bonus it's often it like the littlest thing too that 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 ends it. And we've yeah. had something as small as we had a ball joint fail in an eight hour race at on the last lap. That's frustrating. Yeah. And well, follow-up question was, was the ball, ball joint new before the race started? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, but the, like you said, the expense yeah. of doing it right means that every part on the car is brand new every time. And I that mean, is so hard to do. Practically, the only way that you can say it didn't have an effect is if you change it every yeah, time. right. Um, but that doesn't mean that it still won't fail. Right. I mean, there's there's a chance of manufacturing defects. There's a chance of, of the person installing it making a mistake, yep. no matter how good they are. We had that mistakes. here um, at Coda, the first WRL attempt in the, uh, the Red S2000. And it started, um, I think, Sunday with a brand new rear right spindle. And it failed during the race. So Brutal. Brand new, out of the box from Honda brutal yep still perfectly clean and shiny like and broken in half so i i kind of alluded to alex having done some wrl but you've been doing wrl for a long time as well how many years i've probably been in and around it for five years okay that's how many like if you had to guess 20 races 50 races i would say it's uh it's not that many okay it's probably probably around probably around 20 okay um we had great success, you know. Uh, Chris at the shop is really meticulous with car prep, so I mean, he built us some Miata that we won the the twenty four hours at High Plains overall two years running. Wow! With literally the same car as is, it was the same drivetrain and everything. Wow! So 
that car was uh, extremely reliable. And then we, the second one he built, we went on to win the, the overall season East Coast Championship Okay, with WRL. So um, at least within the, the grid life world, it's pretty easy to see the, the progression of the level of competition. Having been involved with WRL now for a few years, how has the series evolved in terms of you know, what, what the top looks like? It certainly has gotten a lot faster, and it, it's part of why we started doing it a bit less. Um, not because we felt we couldn't compete. Um, the, what we were excited, and we were always after the overall win, but we were doing it with a GP2 car. Sure. So um, as it kind of progressed in you know, the GT4 era of cars really mm-hmm. took over, um, the likelihood of us being able to compete overall just, uh, just dwindled away to impossible. nothing. Yeah, yeah. And, and then it became okay. We need to build a new car, and this car needs to be a, a G, G, GTO car. And the expenses went through the roof. So sure. that's kind of when we shied away a little bit. And so the the S two that that you run, Alex, is GP two. Yeah, GP two. Um, I don't remember how different GP1 and GP2 are. Is there is there a way that you could run GP1 if you like wanted to step into that class? Uh, we could pretty easily, but it would take. I don't think we could do it on the stock K24 that okay. we're using right now. So GP1 is a little bit. But when we were building the car, we were looking for something that was primarily an endurance car for WRL, but then could also cross over into GLTC. Right. And GP1, GP2 could both do that. GP1, we'd have to turn it down a bit for GLTC to be competitive. GP2, we have to turn it up a bit. Okay, what's um, what's the general power to weight for GP1-ish? I forget. I think it's maybe 11? Yeah, I mean, I think es- base. essentially the car is, uh, is it 2,900 pounds and about 200 horsepower for GP2. Yeah, yep, that's where we're at. We're at 12.9 to 1. Yep. Um, with, with, with our car, with all modifiers and what have you. Similar to GLTC with the rule book, you have uh, small arrow modifiers and uh, other things. There's a little more detail to, I think, the brake modifier and shock, yep. shock modifiers. Yeah, the shocks. Shocks are what kill us. Yep. Uh, shocks yep. are worth like 120 pounds that we could take out if we went to simpler shocks. Okay, yeah. Do you run the Motons? Yeah, we got yeah. the Motons on it. Yeah, everybody loves Motons. So... If we just take the current Motons and then spend about another $10,000 modifying them and fitting the canisters inside of them so that they are now non-external adjustable canister shocks, then we will have apparently then saved money and can take weight out of the car. We can take weight out of the car. Okay. That sounds about right. That sounds like a rule book. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Sometimes that happens. Um... Alex, you are not driving this weekend, but no. I, I'm told that your the green car, the Super K, will be done or is done already? It is not done. Um, we're looking for an excuse to put a deadline on it. So if anyone can give yeah. us a good excuse like, to like bring it Road out. Like America, you mean? Any big event that, that would be coming up that would be a good showcase event for it, uh, I've been told that, that we can make good. that happen. Lime Rock's pretty good. Did you go to Lime Rock with us last year? I did. Oh, I yeah, did. you were drifting. I yeah, remember. I did drift in GLTC. I think I rode with you. Yeah, but um, not time attack, though. Yeah. Um, you are time attacking this weekend. 
you've just went yes. out on your first session. What is what is the GT2 RS club sport like at Coda? Coda seems like the perfect track for it. You know, you have just really fast flowing corners and the other corners are well, you obviously you've got the long straightaways, which it loves. I think it's 173 down the back straight. Um, so it really gobbles them up quick. Sure. Um, and it's it's just enjoyable to drive. Sure. That car is, I've never been in a race car that is that comfortable to well, drive. You have had a lot of real race car experience. So how does this compare to some of the other race cars you've driven? Yeah, yeah. So the, the speed's not... Um, not new or different for me so maybe i i should be more excited about it but after enough years and cars kind of that fast um it's it's just fun i as silly as i kind of thought maybe it would be to just be out in a club sport cruising around coda like a gentleman driver uh, i get out with the biggest smile on my face every time well how like does the car feel like a gt3 class car or does it does it feel like that it in not. terms no. of aero and then just faster no. or what is it no it doesn't have the the downforce and the grip of the the gt3 cars okay. um and it's a little weightier so you get a little bit of the thrill of i don't know if you've ever experienced this but tossing around a street car is kind of fun sure. because it moves under you and slides and does things mm -hmm. that you feel like you're 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 good at fixing right okay, okay. so you kind of like it's rowdy sure and the 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 race cars the gt3 cars are like really stuck really planted and you're like smooth and flowing usually when i take people for ride alongs in gt3 cars they're like man it would have been cool if you didn't drive five tenths meanwhile i'm like two tenths off my qualifying lap. You're like yeah, dripping sweat. Sweat dripping down, you know, worried I'm going to get in trouble for driving too fast. Um, and so th this still has that streetcar little bit of weight and movement to it where yep. you feel like you're like muscling the car around the track. So it it's fun and, and it, it really does put a smile on my face. It's a blast. I remember um, when you bought the car to NJMP last year, you made a couple of comments where, you know, that you, it wasn't as fast as maybe you thought it would have been, um, but also that like some of the setup things you guys didn't have time to to play with. Yeah, have have you kind of looked at both of those things? Yeah, um, Andy's had the car now at the shop for a while, so uh, some front aero bits have been put on the car that weren't on there. Um, some alignment and stuff. It, it's it's much more setup now. Uh, the front has a lot more bite. And then also we're on much stickier tires. Sure. You, so the cars Michelin. Yeah. Now it's on you know fresh Michelins. Is that do do they offer like a medium hard and a soft? They or what does it do. Work? Yeah. So I just did my I just did my first session on the super soft compound, which is like crazy grippy. Oh, it's yeah. super fun. It, it's you can still tell the car doesn't have a lot of downforce because the grip doesn't like increase when you go through faster corners that much. Mm -hmm. But like when you go through low speed corners, it feels like a really good autocross car with these oh, sure. tires. It's just like glued and you just chuck wheeling, wheel angle at it. So you didn't have any times posted on the live stream. Did you have a like, did you have time recorded in the car? Uh, unfortunately not. No. And uh, the uh, transponder uh, wasn't working. So we've got a fresh transponder in there and we'll have we'll have lap time soon enough. I'm sure it should be it should be pretty quick. So um, maybe speculate a little bit on the weekend then. 
Um, I, I do not expect that car to win overall because there <laughs> no. are some insane yeah, competitor cars. I need to go look at the lap times and see really what we're working with here. Um, based on the cars that rolled up, if they were all driven really well, I'd be surprised if we were in the top five. Um, but there's still a lot of driver mod out there. Sure. So I, I think that could probably get us up into the hunt. Okay, so there was, from memory, I think there were um, two or three cars that might be a right around two minutes. Okay, um, yep. And then uh, Mike DeSole did a 212, and then there's a whole lot of 215s, and really? uh, then okay. cars behind that. So if you had to speculate, what, what's a good time or like what's a goal time for you in that car? Hmm. They were only that. That's what their lap times were: two, two twelve, two fifteens. I would have thought like two oh eights or something. But in which car? Just some of the, well, cars similar like the, like the GT three um, Mercedes and Mike. I figure would be like yeah, he, more like. I think he ran a two twelve. Two twelve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then, I. I mean, if I feel like if I kept up with Mike, I'd be pretty happy. Yeah. His car is super fast, and we were pretty close to each other in Pike's Peak until he put on sticker tires and completely blew my doors off. Okay. So um, keeping up with Mike would be pretty cool. Got it. What are you watching for this weekend, Alex? I want to see uh, Ferris and Jackie and Amir do silly things. Um, so Amir, <laughs> I'm for something spectacular out of Ferris. <laughs> Amir did a 213 last year, which was silly fast. Um I have no idea what to expect out of that car um, because it's been kind of under the knife for a long time, and I don't know how much testing they've done. I don't know if the car is like anywhere near where they want it to be. Um, but I expect Jackie's car to be pretty quick. Jackie's always fast. Um, he's got the keys for the car now, so he's ready to rock, I think. So um, I think he already put like a 215 down, so, or 217 maybe. I think it was I don't know, but it was fast. Um, he'll go a lot faster by tomorrow morning so he was testing at putnam a couple of day, uh, a couple of weeks ago and his putnam time was really good hmm. it was a 108 doesn't spray I, I don't know what lap times up at putnam but yeah i'd be more surprised if he went slow than or he, or maybe even if he just did average then then he did something spectacular so um what was the overall lap record here last year from ferris 204 i think 204 yeah i think which i think has been beaten already um I, they treat pro comp a little weird. So I think the okay. times that were uh, Ferris did not clock a time this morning, maybe a transponder issue, but um, the, the cars that went faster than that, I'm sure were all pro comp. Ah, uh, okay. So, and gotcha. like the, um, the P three cars, I think were not nearly as fast as I expected them to be. They were all in like two eleven yeah. to two fifteen range. Yeah. That sounds about right. They shouldn't be super fast. I, I told Ferris, a year or two ago when we were going to Road America that he needs to do two minutes and 200 miles an hour. Yeah. And I think that that is true here as well. He could do well, two minutes and 200 miles an hour. I think hour. I've said and that I on the show before. To do it. Even though the, the two tracks are completely different, it's almost a one-to-one comparison in terms of lap time. Yep. And, and speed, probably. Yeah, I bet pro- top speeds are pretty similar. So, like, uh, I think... Yep. You know, Jackie and and others are right in that like two fifteen range at Road America, and here they are right at the same time. It's weird, yeah, which is still crazy fast. I mean, especially think Jackie's car is driving around on street tires and still needs a key. <laughs> and still needs a key. Yeah, yeah. That that car can go get ice cream after it's done its lap. Well, I, maybe you don't remember or you weren't at the event. 
um, last year he was competing at NJMP with GTA and wanted some extra competition. So street drove the car to mid Ohio. I do remember that on the, the competition tires and then won the event there in and one then lap. drove back in one lap right before like the rain came or something. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's that car is really special. Yep. Um, so I think we're into this for about 27 minutes. Uh, do you think do you think that Ferris is gonna gonna be winning overall, or do you think it's gonna be the McLaren? I don't know. That McLaren looks fast. Uh, Ferris, if he can get it together, that car, his car is nuts. Um, he has the skill and the bravery to <laughs> to wheel it, I <laughs> guess. Um, which I'm not sure which one of those it takes more of, but it takes a lot of both. Um, so I think I think he's got a chance. I think that that car with him driving it will go under two minutes at, at one of those two tracks at some point. Maybe it's this weekend. Maybe it's not. Yeah. I don't know. But it'll get there. I guess the last question for both of you is: with the competition season announced, Robert, you're doing a ton of FD events. What events on the grassroots side are we going to see you both at? Uh, for me, I'm going to be doing fewer events this year. Um, I want to go to as many of the FD events with Robert as I can um, and kind of be as low maintenance for ASM as I can this year as we figure out what's next for, for Super K. I want to do more of the Enduros. Those are super fun. Um, Enduros are different in that you're part of you know sprint racing. You do all the prep and everything to the cars, put the driver in the car, and the driver goes out and does their thing and then comes back 20 minutes later and, and you know the results. Uh, with the Enduros, the driver's doing their thing in the car, but but as important as that is, um, what's going on in the pits and understanding how the race is unfolding and, yeah. and giving instruction to the drivers, whether we need you know, a, one of the early sessions, okay, Andy, we're, we've got three hours and we're trying to put this guy a lap down, so you need to go hard for three hours. He's successful in that, so then after lunch or after the quiet hour... The, we're telling Aaron to go out and just go as slow as you want to go. You've got like five laps on this guy now. Um, you can go three seconds a lap slower than him. Just look after the car. And, sure. And he's doing that. And and that's as much fun to me as I actually enjoyed managing the race from the pits as much as driving in the race. Sure. Especially at the end when it's just all you've got to do is get to the checkered flag. And it really doesn't matter how fast or slow you get there. So something I've not had the opportunity to do, but is on my list hopefully this year, is the spreadsheet stuff. Like being at the computer Mm -hmm. and looking at how the race is unfolding and strategizing and looking at all of that different stuff, I think is where I would find the most fun in the event. Do either of you like doing that? Yeah, I love doing that. That, Actually, at the WRA, so it's probably my favorite part was like figuring out you know, what do we have to do? When are we coming in? When are we not coming in? And it's very kind of it's very entertaining and also very rewarding when you do it right. Yeah. <laughs> but you, also when probably you do it wrong, when you do it wrong, <laughs> you want to go hide. <laughs> Which uh, I had that one of the, the race we did at Baba. Um, I was somehow put in charge of making the call of when Andy was going to come in. And uh, I left it about a half a lap too long and he ran out of fuel. And fortunately for me, I was the next person getting in the car, so I didn't have to deal with Robert when <laughs> Andy came back <laughs> in. So I got a good hour and a half break yeah. for Robert to cool down. That was <laughs> that was the previous year with the Miatas, and we yeah, we missed it by about half a lap. In your defense, we also had no idea how much fuel consumption we were working with, so we were <laughs> right. guessing. 
So outside of the FD events, Robert, what are mm-hmm. you going to? Um, yeah, so I'll still come to uh, some of the Grid Life festivals. Obviously, the the festival tour uh, will be you know some really exciting weekends. Um, anywhere new we're going, I, I want to be there. Um, Watkins Glen is on the list, and uh, Laguna Seca. Um, I've been there, but I certainly haven't drifted a car there. <laughs> so I've got that loaded up on the sim. I got my line dialed. I'm ready. That's so. awesome. Um, well, both of you have pretty active social media. Where can people find you and the car and what you guys are doing? Uh, for me, on Instagram, it's either Super K Adventures for anything about the green car and then AM150 for everything else. Yep. And uh, yeah, on all platforms, I'm uh, Robert underscore Thorn8. Is that Thorn with an E? Thorn with an E, T H R N E, not awesome. Thorn Ray or um, Throne. 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 Thorn Throne. Yeah, that was last year. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for being on the show and good luck this year. Thanks. Thank you. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jabay, co hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the Pit City Grid Live to say hello. Thank you.